Welcome to episode 192 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man from the right side of the Murray come good Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Next up is the man that said Chris Rogers modelled his game on. Welcome, David. Hello, fuckbags. <laughs> I hear also... Oh, good, David. I hear also that... Um, Chris Rogers modelled his coaching game on you. <laughs> I think so. Then the Vicks might actually win something. But, uh, next up is Port Arlington's answer to Scott Lang. Welcome, Alex. I don't know who Scott Lang is, but Scott I assume Lang that's Ant a compliment. In... The what? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. That's very okay. good, Mick. Oh, I love a good ant. How are you going, Ted Lasso? There's a whole story for each show about <laughs> ants being fucking running rampant in your house. Oh, right, good. Good for the listeners to know that. Yeah, inside right. jokes are fucking good, mate. That's, that's, what, that's why we've got at least 300 people max that listen we to this each fortnight. inside jokes, mate. We wouldn't have got the 192 episodes. That's it. Up. What I would say is I'm, I'm not surprised you forgot, Alex, because that 60-minute production meeting pre-the-podcast yeah. is always a bit of a drainer, I find. So Yeah, that's why I'm so flat. That's why you always energy. skip him, mate. Yeah. And the man you can hear there, lastly, is the Don Bradman of running late. Welcome, Ross. <laughs> Don Bread, man. Uh, only, only three of us attend those pre-recording meetings. <laughs> Blessed be the tardy, for they shall be rewarded, Mick. <laughs> What are you <laughs> rewarded with, Ross? Uh, gifts from all of you of cash, mainly. Yeah. Front seats at uh, Peter, at St. Peter's Cinema. You have to go right up the front. Like, welcome to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight chip production. Hopefully, your seats are in the back. Uh, brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. Uh, all righty. So, for those of you uh, playing at home, over the last fortnight, there's been a bit going on in the world of cricket. Not as much Shitloads. as you like to get through a podcast, but a little bit. Um, but the most important thing happening from an Australian point of view was the world, amazingly world record-setting women's Australian team who won the, their sixth, I believe, World Cup of international standing. So, well done to the ladies of the Aussie women's cricket team. So um fucking dominated. They played South Africa. Uh the ladies of Aussies are bat first. They make six for one fifty six. It was Beth Mooney getting seventy four red. Boring Beth. She was supported by Ash Gardner and Alyssa Healy. Um so well done to those three girls. Uh the Sappers would get six for one thirty seven in reply. They wouldn't even lose all their wickets chasing. That's fucking poor cricket. Cardinal Sin. One of them. <laughs> so the, the wickets were shared around by the girls, but the best of bowling was Ash Gardner with one for 20. Jess Johannesson also got one for 21. And Megan Shoot got one for 23. So uh, Boring Beth was the player of the match. Um, and Ash Gardner was the player of the tournament for the Aussies. So the Aussies yep. swept the pool and took all the trophies there. Just like the rest of the team, Ash Gardner fucking dominated. Um, Laura Wolfart uh, was going quite well. Yeah. Um, through her innings, just smashing fours at will. Um, she's a quality player, of yeah, course. She got Sixty-one from forty-eight. I didn't mention that because she doesn't play for Australia. Yep, that's fine. Uh, when she went out, uh, Saffers shit to bed as Saffers do. So as is their want. Uh, yep. I love. I love whole games. Sorry, you go, David. I was just going to ask Al to recite his um, semi-final uh, predictions where 
uh, Australia was going to, I think, verbatim fucking thump India. Yep. And was it England were going to fucking thump? Uh, one of them. I think I said it would beat one of the two. Probably yeah. England, yeah. yeah. Would yeah. fucking smash it. How did that semi go with Australia and India? Yeah, we fucking smashed him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's all I want to hear. Yeah. Uh, not uh, quite smashing. I, I actually I smashing. Mini yeah. smashing. I did like your prediction of um either England or South Africa would come out of that semi final into the final. That was very <laughs> that was very astute by you. Yeah. Mate, it's my style. Did it come true? Yes. Nostradamus. That's me. Technically correct. I <laughs> say that um India in the semi-final did have a chance to beat Australia. Strangely enough, I saw some of this, even though it was on at uh, unearthly hours. Um, that um, cool, Harmit Preet cool, yep, was Skipper. jogging back, yes, for a second on about forty odd, jogging back for a second, and was just going to slide the bat in as the ball was coming into Healy's gloves, and went to slide the bat as you just jog walking. And plugged it into the ground yeah. and got run out. Now, I don't know that she's necessarily doing anything wrong. Maybe you should run every run rather than jog a second. But lots of players jog second runs when it's just she standard stuff. Superman dived in and then she would have been right. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't really. Right. She's just going to normally slide her bat on a jogging. It <laughs> just went and dug so it into the turf. you're saying that the um, sides of the pitches were doctored no. so that she was... No, I wasn't saying that. It's just, it, <laughs> it's was, it was... I guess that's why you should always, you know, throw the ball straight to the keeper every time and all, do all the 1% yes. is correct because you never know what uh, someone's going to do with their bat. Good Dave. point. Yes, Dave. She did do one thing, uh, one thing wrong, Roscoe. She got fucking run out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's a fucking simple game, isn't it? Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, you go to slide your bat, and it would slide across. Yeah, the yeah but well, you make your own luck, luck, though, don't you? <laughs> oh, Here we go. Um, who am I? <laughs> Ian Healy. You make oh. your own luck in cricket. Oh, the beveled edge, Alex. The beveled edge. <laughs> it's like everyone says about the man caddy. If you don't want to be run out, get your stay in That's it. Not that hard. Oh, good one! Yeah, yeah. No, I think there might be some conspiracy um, chapping on theories going around in the um, Indian women's team oh, fans after the no ball they were going to win a series in Australia, oh, but yes, the hip high no ball that the wasn't no ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was more dodgy. This was clear running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the the conspiracy theories; they don't yeah. have to make sense. That's Get an interesting one. Shot. We were talking about. Um, dismissals and types of dismissals and uh, man cad that says there's no skill doing a man cad the other one is all the other dismissals are definitely out lbw you know it's guesswork by the umpire or the technology guessing in inverted commas yeah. as to whether it's in or out they should get um, chat gp onto it mm, they should. ai onto it yeah yeah, yeah. pay it Mm. Yeah, should get pay IT onto it. Pay IT and chat GPD. <laughs> the boffins behind pay IT. Get them. Hire them. ICC. Uh, uh, will they let on the, the ICC let me be me? <laughs> <laughs> Two or three peeps, Mick, for the Aussies, Aussie yes. women. So mm. there was a bit of a um, complaint went around the rounds because they weren't nominated for the L'Oreal um, Sports Team of the Year. Um, that being said, but like that, the L'Oreal 
Bell Awards are literally like the week of the finals, so there may have yeah. been some kind of qualifying. Time they might go into election. next next year's then, one. Yeah. Also, who really gives a fuck? Is it is that the boffins at the institute that decide that the L'Oreal yeah, Institute? L'Oreal Paris. All so the scientists. Whoever's got the best skincare routine <laughs> gets to be a fucking team of the year. So. Who won? Michael Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was whoever won the soccer World Cup. Was that Argentina or something? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're all pretty are, boys. But the other side, like, like, don't get me wrong, like, the women's cricket team is absolutely dominating. But if you're going to stack up World Cups against each other, the soccer one might come in front of any of the cricket ones. So. Not maybe he won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it's not, it's not like... Um... The best team ever since 2017, which is when the streak began no, when they lost the semi. It's so, five-month period. It's basically yeah. I mean, the biggest thing to achieve. Yeah. Is it I really... The knock co- on it is because I think, I think Punter's team had won it when they went on the one of their shows. Ah, okay. Uh, is that why I got why brought up? Like, oh, we could have won it before, but... Jeez, they won it. This Kikari team back then was shocking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it was Steve Wall's team in like 01, I believe. Okay, something like that. I'll look it up for you. No, that's not really relevant. I know it was one of compare. the cricket teams which white people. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, cricket wouldn't even be considered. And like, oh, no, they've won it before, you know. Yeah, I look at those things and about think about no one would pick cricket. It's going to be like a truly international sport or an American one that wins it. That's but it's, and it's got, and like you said, like, and the girls were in that unfortunate situation where once every four years there's one of these soccer World Cups and pretty much nearly any team that wins the World Cup nearly wins that award. So it's yeah. like, what are you going to do? Yeah, and like and in the off years, they have to um, compete with like the Rugby World Cup or even harder, the Rugby League World Cup. So oh, Well, that's it. Yeah. All the fucking Tri-Nations. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> even better news for the women is they get another shot at glory. In, in about three weeks. No, September. <laughs> 20, September next year because there's... Um, is it this year even? Oh, I don't know. I've lost it. I think it's September next World year. Cups do seem for some it's, reason to run on a nine-month cycle. It's I'm been the World Cup answer of a year. <laughs> I know. Fucking... There's a men's World Cup 50 over coming up in October in India. Did you know that? Wow. We had yes. the, the T20 version of this. When, when, it's a World Cup every 12 months. Yeah. Every October, basically, yeah. there's a World Cup. And then there's one one year there's not in the cycle of four, and there's a Champions Trophy instead. <laughs> Fucking stupid. So I think when the Champions Trophy is on next year, no, I don't know. There's a Women's World Cup like 18 months away, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That was, um, was 2001 Men's Australian okay. Cricket Team. Yeah. Did they wear slash hats? ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Australia's greatest ever indoor cricketer, Mark War from the commentary that's team. It. That's yeah. fucking the ultimate insult. Yeah. But yeah, so um, Jeez, once again, good. before the te- before a ball had even been bowled, people were losing their goddamn minds over the pitch. Um, it's been like this for twenty years, people. It's India. This is what happens. You just have to fucking suck it up and deal with it. And to Australia's credit, they did suck it up and deal with it. So the Indians would bat first. Uh, the Aussies would roll them inside 34 overs for 109. <laughs> Virat would top score with 22, and Shubman Gill, who'd been recalled, got 21. It was Matthew Kuhneman, the left-arm left orthodox chucker, who got five for 16 <laughs> off nine overs, and Nate Lyon would get three for 35. So, what are you doing with the broom, Mick? You're Kuhneman. Son. <laughs> <laughs> But that does but I don't know. Who's the man? Kuna man. That's his man. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, but if anyone watches him by his fast one, he's a fucking chucker. So I don't mm-hmm. know how he's got through it this long. So him. he's got the long sleeves on, Mick. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad it is. You can tell with long sleeves on. Um, Ooh, so bad. the Aussies had a bat. They would um battle away and do actually do a really good job in the end. They would get 197. Uh, Usman would get 60 and Marnus would get 31. And a few others would chip in here and there with bits and pieces. It was Jadeja with four for 78 and Asher with three for 44. Knocked me down with a feather. Those two are taking all the wickets. Um, so the Indians would come out and have another bat. They bat nearly twice as long this time. He had 163. It was Pajara who got 59 and batted extremely well. Um, but our, but Rob, not our man, Gin's man, Nate Lyon, would get eight for 64 off 23 overs. So well done to him. And the next best bowler. Next best bowler. Next <laughs> Next best bowler was Ross's man, Mitch Stark, who got one for 14. So, <laughs> um, Aussies would win. They would chase it one down. They'd get 78. Trav Head would get 49. Not Big Marnus. Trav. Marnus would get 28. Not. And it was Usman got caught sweep, reverse sweeping or something stupid. Fucking uh, stuff like that. Uh, no, he, got, he got caught. Oh, he's just caught behind, wasn't he? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, reviewed it, even though he hit it. He must not have known he hit it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's real weird. I thought we were definitely going to lose when he did that. Yeah, so... <laughs> like bad start. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back one this. for none off two balls. I thought yeah. we're going to we're going to be if we're lucky. Fucked a review too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Roscoe. Uh yeah. Just I thought Australia batted well in their first innings until we lost six for eleven. Yeah, to finish the innings. It's uh, four out, all out. I don't know. Five out, all out. Harry's not making a run, and the tail's not giving us anything. So. Yeah, that's a bit of a worry. But Cameron Green and Peter Hanscom batted well. Yes, they oh. did. Mm, so that's good. It means we've got, uh, you know, Usman and Head have been okay. Marnus and Smith have been okay. And then we've got uh, Hanscom and, and um, Cameron Green. So the top six have all had a decent inning somewhere along the way. So yep. that's good. It's just there's uh, expect five ducks from the last five. Yeah. Did, we, um, did we talk about this last potty, Ross, or was it off the potty? But has our... Tail ever look so fucking fragile? Yeah, When's the last that, time it looked as a unit, fragile? they're averaging three and a half at the moment or something. <laughs> it's always been to like eighty or something of the yeah. or twenty mm. of the other tail. India have a particularly strong tail, so I think those yeah. comparisons make us agree there because Ashwin's got a ton. 
He's batted seven before, and he's down Ash at nine. Ash has got like four tons, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Axel Patel, Patel, like we ten, talked about last time, Patel is the first-class mm. cricket bats in the top six as well. Ah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, they've really got real two-tail-enders. Um, so, yeah, Australia is shit really in India tail, against yeah. spin, and there's two essentially debutants in that tail as well, mm, that, yeah, the tail yeah. batsmen that don't know how to bat in Indian conditions. So the, they're going to fail every like, time. Our, yeah. our batsmen don't know how to bat in Indian Yeah, conditions. yeah, exactly. Better than fucking Todd Murphy <laughs> Playing fucking South Melbourne and no fucking how to do it. Could have been can't even hold the bat steady. He's so fucking nervous out there. Yes, Dave. Notice how the chat around the pitch sort of changed from one side to the other this time around. <laughs> um, first two tests, it was wind and Aussies. Pitch is all right, it's fine, no dramas. <laughs> and then this pitch, oh, I don't know, it was breaking through the top on the second ball. I think, yeah. you know, the... Kind of a, yeah, yeah. Indian team criticising it, yeah. Uh, is, is what I've found surprising about this series is that I thought the whole idea with Test cricket these days was to make it run to five days so they got all the TV money or something like that. Mm. And then they've rolled, and that's like Test matches in India, draws, wins on the final day. That's what I've been used to. Now we've had three Tests that have barely gone three days each. Mm. It's just it's very different. I'm not used to it. But you know, I don't have a problem with it. It's yeah. just shit when you go to sit down on Saturday and the test finished on Thursday. <laughs> you know what I reckon the flip side of that is, but Roscoe. So yeah. like and you're not wrong, but so in but in Australia, the T V stations, and in our case over here, Channel Seven, and with Foxtel who bought the T V rights, appear to be more powerful than the sporting body. I don't think that mm. might be the case in India. Yeah. Yeah, 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 a bit yeah. more dictating for no, BCCI. It's a bit, it's a bit like, you know, yeah. the bloke, um, the bloke in the corner store that's getting um run through by the mafia is not really going to complain to the don that he's taking too much money off. So. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair to them, I think perhaps it's a power shift thing about uh, IPL too, because all the money yeah. come from IPL. So yeah, they still play a lot of Test cricket India, but whether it lasts three or five days is just inconsequential. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, pittance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pittance, chicken feed. Yep, Dave. You know, another cultural uh, difference that I noticed during the third test between yeah. um, Australian cricket and Indian cricket is I've never seen, you know, Big Kev or, you know, one of the curators in Australia wear the home team's warm-up kit while expecting <laughs> a pitch or preparing a pitch. I just thought, yeah, that, that's just, you know, it's something I noticed during the third test. It's just a little bit different over there than it is to here. Nor so, have I seen our coach at Smoko out with the curator who's wearing the home team's kit talking about how the pitcher's playing. That's, you know, just the, it, I don't mean anything by it, just the cultural difference. Yeah. Okay. Observations, cultural observations. Cultural observations. Well, one thing I have noticed <laughs> that we both do have in common is that no matter which country the cricket is being played in, Matty Hayden's fucking horrible on commentary. <laughs> and second, he's second only to Ravi Shastri. Yes. Oh, I can't stand this. Yeah. He I just know. talks and the in like medal on the podium is Mitchell what? fucking Star oh, Johnson. Oh, oh, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, it couldn't we have done something like flown Mark Wall back to Sydney for eight days R and R, and then got him back to India for the yeah. third and fourth test because he was good. I think the problem yes, was that the Indians didn't like someone biting back at him, so that probably didn't <laughs> help, didn't help you. Uh. Yeah. I think we all agree, Ross, that we just roll out Pommy and Bagua, Russell Arnold, <laughs> and uh, what his first name, but Naismith, the South African guy. Just let oh, them yeah, commentate yeah. every fucking game going around, <laughs> and I think we'll all be happy. And Isagua could be like the host 
Carl yep. Percy. Yep. <laughs> so Mike Hazeman, the Aussie. Mike Hazeman, not Nathan. He, he was an American yeah. footballer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mike Hazeman. So he sounds South African. Do you know he's actually Australian and moved to he's South really? Africa? I think oh, he might have gone on a rebel tour or something like that and moved to South Africa and never came back to Australia. And yeah, now he sounds like he's South African. Yeah, yeah right. There you go. Yeah. Picked up the accent like Madonna that one week she went to London. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to follow that one, Mick, but I wanted to talk about the cricket. But um, it was funny in the final innings, the boy games, uh, Ashwin and Marnus were playing. Ashwin did the park cricket thing of coming off half his run-up so he could bowl the ball while Marnus was still looking at his toes doing his warm-up. Marnus pulls away. Um, Ashwin, well, the umpire gets in. Ashwin's like, well, you can't pull away. Fielding team ready. I think he screamed that really fucking loud in his, <laughs> as you do in park cricket. Um, and every time Ashwin would go back with half his run up, Marnus would try to do the same, his same routine because you can't change that, of course. You're not talented enough. You have to have the same routine. Um, and he kept pulling away. So then the umpire got involved and you had to face up. Marnus was like, well, I will face up if I'm ready to, you know, bat and a bit of shenanigans there. Um, and then... Uh, the over after that, Ashwin decided the ball was out of shape, so he got it changed. Ball two forward, Trav, Travi Wavy, King Trav smashed him over cover for four. Then he threw the umpire the ball again and said, This ball is shit. So he wanted the double mega, yeah. double mega ball change, um, which the umpires then conferred. So the one umpire threw it to the other umpire, they looked at it and he threw it back and said, No, it's not changing that one. Um, and then no, after that, Ashwin just bowled half volley after half volley, got smashed over his head by King Travis. So very interesting to see all the sort of, you know, when the going gets tough, you know, I kind of like Who Ashwin. Who turns the fucking water, Alex, when the going gets tough? Yeah. Uh, Fuck Ashwin. It Fuck. was good seeing the Indian spinners bowl some fucking dross. Yeah. Like yeah, fucking genuine half volley shit. Yeah. Um, I, just, but... I couldn't believe it. <clears throat> Sorry, Alex. Uh, you're right. Go, Ross. Go. Oh, I was just going to cough. No, I just couldn't believe that a bloke with 400-plus test wickets could just send down absolute piles of rubbish. And, yeah. like, yeah, he got a wicket on the second ball of the innings and you know, all that stuff with Manus. So what, just go back and bowl another river? Like, yeah, just yeah. I think he ridiculous like changing in the his, ball. In his head, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I just couldn't understand it. Like, fair yeah, enough, no, too. I want to know. If, if it was in his head. Ball, when he's getting that yeah. ball checked and it went out to square leg, did the square leg umpire look at it? Throw it back and go see if it fits in the cunt's mouth. Because fucking just <laughs> wild, mate. like fucking hell. Uh, so I did want to, I wanted to say at the end there. Like I like Ashford um, as a cricketer. I like watching him play. But fuck, he made it hard to like him in that last inning. All the shit. Like fuck, and like it's just like you know how when he when it, like they don't nick it or nothing fucking happens. Oh. And, like it spins outside leg and they sort of mm. padded up and it fingers oh, off their thigh guard yeah. or something. And he's just running down like staring at yeah. fucking the best uh, one. Was, the best one it's was just um... like geez, I hate you, but I like you. Probably. And I'm convinced that there that there's eleven <laughs> blokes there playing Test cricket that do not know the LB. Really. <laughs> they yeah. fucking do not know it at all. Well, Virat Kohli doesn't understand that you have to hit the ball with the bat to be out caught. You see the one where the guy, whoever it was, padded up and ballooned off the pad and he's jumped across behind the keeper from first slip and yeah. fought this absolute lollipopper and then just gone nuts with it. And bat pads there telling Rohit Sharma, no, he didn't hit it. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's still, Rohit Sharma's looking at him, he's looking at Kohli and Kohli. It is, oh, it is funny. And so Sharma just, Sharma just goes to fucking Kohli telling him what to do. Yeah. It's funny from both sides. 
sides and all cricket teams do it. The fucking mass loud screaming appeal, and then the bowler turns around to to like it's an LBW appeal. Bowler turns around to the skipper, and he's always in the corner, and just goes, "Oh yeah, hit the bat." That's hit the bat. Then they just all walk off. It's like you just fucking screamed at the umpire. They're gonna review it. Nathan Lyon, he reviewed one in LB. It was so plum. He just turned around the umpire and goes, bang, oh. in his eight fell. <laughs> I was just going to say to um you guys that Nathan Lyon's the best for it. He, he'll, he'll, he'll hit a bloke on the pad and it'll balloon the bat pad. Everyone will be going off his tits and he just walks back to the top of his mark. He doesn't yeah, go. That's not out and wanders yeah. off. <laughs> So good for him. You but can't just lose his mind and Nathan lines at his mark. Oh, fuck, give me the ball, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, especially when both teams have got like, the full quota of three reviews. Like, if you're still <clears throat> screaming and you know they've hit it, what do you think the batsman's going to do for an LB, I mean, or, or they haven't hit it yeah. for it mm. or behind? It's going to review it straight away. And it's like, you've just screamed and appealed and tried to convince the umpire. Like, what effect is that happening? Ha- yeah. Having none. Yeah, the, old, old the umpire thing doesn't really work anymore unless they've yeah. run out of. Appeal. Old mate, yeah. uh, Joel Wilson was okay, but the other bloke, um, as I was calling him, Toad from Toad Hall, he didn't uh, seem to understand the LBW rule either. Fucking shocker, didn't he? What going on to hit halfway up middle? And he's got no, and like the, that's the one. Like fucking everyone in the team's doing this. <laughs> Steve Smith nearly fucking hurt his buddy coffee table wrist, bashing his wrist so hard. <laughs> he was about to throttle the umpire, I reckon, with that. It took. Normally they have a conversation between yeah, yeah. themselves. He just got yeah. straight away. There, was, oh, there was the other one in the second innings. He got a little bit better in the second innings, but this one might have even been Joel Wilson, who was actually given one to LBW. But Nathan Lyon appealed, then turn, looks at the keeper and just turns around and does it. <laughs> one of yeah. the eight for he got. And the other one um, was on the first ball of the match, was it? That yeah, was Robert Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then fourth uh, ball of the match, LBW that was given not out, and they didn't review it either. That was that was um, Toad from Toad Hall there, just sitting there in his massive speed deal, is not given decisions. Uh, the other one, the good bit of fielding was uh, Steve Smith at first slip. He stayed down a bit oh, lower, Mick. You would have liked oh, that one. Yeah, and then um, um, our mate. Um, not often you take a catch, you know, it's, you either have your fingers pointing up or up in the sky or down to the ground. Not often rolling. they're pointing down yeah, to the bye. ground, but mm. also the same way your top of your head's pointing. That wanted that reviewed simply for the fact that they can't believe Usman caught it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and absolutely. he put he, he saw his fingers because they reviewed it. Fingers, he's, he caught yeah, the ball like, in his fingers, the and then he dropped his yeah. fingers into the ground, and so just at no point did the ball actually touch the ground. Oh, scoop really. up. Yeah, the yeah. Floor just... And the other one was um, Chitashwa Pujara hit a six. Yes. Yeah. I think, is that the first time ever he's hit a nah. six in test cricket? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. Oh, okay. I reckon he hit a couple they... when he was out here making all those runs. Oh, they made a big deal of it. He said he'd been working on a new shot. I think it was so like the first good. time he's done it in forever, but I don't think it's the first oh, time okay. actually ever, but it's the first time in ages. Well, so he faced about a thousand balls and innings when they played that here last time, so I assume he hit at least one six. <laughs> Now, I just had a did a fact check on myself there, David. You like this? Mike Hayston did go on two Rebel Tours of South Africa. He's from Adelaide. And uh, after the second tour, he uh, packed his bag in and went and played for Transvaal or someone. It's because so, he Ross. wasn't fucking welcome back in this country, Ross. <laughs> Ross, your ability to... threaten to put a stump through his head if you come back. <clears throat> 
yeah. Ross, your ability to remember sort of late seventies, early eighties cricket tours, uh, and my ability, <laughs> my ability to recall information from late nineties, early two thousands cricket tours could yeah. be something. We could do that yeah. to a podcast. Yeah, especially yes. in Healy specific tours. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I've, wicked chairs. I've got a lot on my plate with my um, other podcast I do. So, so I hope I record have time. podcast about 10 30 at night, David. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It may not have time. Yeah. Yeah. Have time. Um, something time. else that came out of this game um, was so when the Aussies made their 197, one of the chaps who we didn't read out that made runs, but like you mentioned before, uh, Cam Green and Peter Hanscom put on a good partnership. Peter Hanscom batted. Really slowly, but just his aim was just to try not to go out and batted just balls and got runs here and there, but didn't do anything over the top. The great Matthew Hayden come yes, out please. in the media and said that it was un-Australian to bat. Oh, my play. God. Like, these are the same commentators who have been screaming and yelling at the bikes for trying to make too many runs too quick on pitches that don't warrant it. Oh. And when one bloke digs in and actually helps his team win a test match and does the right thing, apparently he's un-Australian. Well, I'd like to tell you something, Matthew. The only thing that we care about in Australia is fucking winning. So I'm sorry, oh. there was nothing un-Australian about that helping us win a fucking test match that we have not won over there in fucking ages. So... I'll take his 19 off 120 balls or whatever it fucking was because it got the job fucking done. I'm not sure why Matty Hayden hates Hanscom. He wasn't even really in the side when they were white and adjusted Lager, so he shouldn't have anything he against never, him. He didn't even have a vote in a white ante. Well, come uh, on, his white, clo- white climate. Climate woke bullshit's not even in the side, so why is he angry at the team? His, his man, Steve Smith, smudger. I'll tell you much why. more tactical now, Sky, now, because he won a fucking test. Like, come on. Uh, the it's thing because... is, you know, you saw in this test with that collapse of six for 11, the Australia prepared to lose the test so they could win yeah, it. That's it. <laughs> Warm the know, cockles. You, you didn't think there was enough the time cockles. left in the test, right? so they just threw their wickets away. <laughs> I don't know. We may not have three days to chase 76. How will we do it? They don't know if we're going to have enough time. But, yes, if you believe the media and all the past players, Steve Smith's the greatest technician since Genghis Khan. Oh, like, fuck he's much shit. more tactically aware than Cabo doing the same shit they oh, did he, the first He had a bloke test. taking eight for and he kept bowling him. What a fucking tactician. <laughs> How did he come up with it? Fuck. The most uh, look, experienced I, bowler in his lineup. He bowled heaps. Mm, yeah, solid. I think I still think he's a better captain than Cummins, but oh, I get your yeah. point. Uh, it can't be that much of a difference. I think Cummins, yeah. Yeah. the biggest problem with Cummins as a captain is, is that he, um, one, he's not prepared to bowl himself, which is a horrible trait to have as a bowling fucking captain. Yeah. Like, you've got to be prepared to go, that's my skill set. I'm going to use my skill set. But the other side of that is that he needs... Um, he needs a better vice captain then, because I'll say this, and like everyone will mm. laugh, whenever. But whenever, whenever I was skipper, and I, I love bowling myself, and everyone fucking knows that. But every now and then, I'd be like, "Oh, I don't know if I should bowl yet." And I go to my vice captain, and he go, "You should have a bowl." I'd be like, "Fucking good idea!" And off I went down to bowl. You need a yes man. You need a yes man. That's yep. what come and see. Come and see someone just go, Patrick. You should have a bowl, and he'd be like, "That's a good idea." And I go, go off to the fucking and have a have a trundle. Who but, is um, vice captain? Steve Smith. Steve Smith. So he's, so he's his so, great so, captain. But that's exactly right. But that's exactly right. Steve Smith's so tactically a genius and everything's so smart, and he's Paddy's vice. Is Paddy not listening to him? Or is he saving, yes, or is he he is. saving his tactics only for when he's in charge? And, oh, I think What are you Paddy coming? <laughs> We're onto something here. He's fucking... 
Stefanon! Deliberately fucking undermined Paddy Cummins to get his job. We have uncovered uncovered something here. Now, let's timestamp this and um, note when our podcast takes off, okay, from this moment on. we need to somehow get get in front of this because when Joe Rogan runs with this on his podcast and the app fuck and scoops us, we fucking yeah. might be a bit of trouble. Oh. He'll interview us. He'll get us into his weird elk den or wherever the fuck. Oh, he he is. We'll be on. We'll be on. Al, how long till Steve Smith starts selling coal on the side? The reverse <laughs> always, be selling. always be selling fossil oh, fuels. Like yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just there at the shell servo with the pump, just pouring onto the ground. So I like to just yeah. fill up my car and the and, he, and the forecourt. That's why he loves tour in India, so he can talk to a Dani about fracking. That's, that's why he's Putting Steve lead Smith into loves petrol. The smog. That's what it is. He goes, yeah. We <laughs> were standing there the other day on that ground with the smoke rolling. He got, oh, how good is this? Got some progress, fellas. Ah, <laughs> oh, the smell of capitalism. How fucking good is that? <laughs> uh, uh, surely, surely he's offering advice to um, Pato. But oh, also, yeah. surely they're hey, all Pato's having. They're all yeah, true. But surely they're all having a team meeting together where they're all agreeing on what they're doing. Well, like, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's not It's not like local cricket where everyone just goes, ah, the captain will do it. I really can't be fucked thinking about what I'm doing out here. So the captain will do everything. But exactly. Yeah, well, nothing. They talk about, oh, Paddy Cummins doesn't bowl himself enough. Rah, rah. That second innings, we bowled 60 overs. Mitch Stark bowled seven. That's no different to what Pat Cummins would have yeah. done. Like, yeah, so there's a just... massive there's a massive difference in the teams too. Like Steve Smith didn't have to fucking find a place for Renshaw to battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cameron Green, you know. Yeah. That's a very That's good point. He wasn't trying to hide Renshaw. Have a much better side. Yeah. yeah. The um, other thing that's uh, coming up after this test that starts tomorrow, there's three ODIs, would you believe? Yeah. I didn't actually know that. Fucking yeah. hell. I Only so three. One not five. Was. Why not seven? Yeah. Um, the I guess Steve Smith will be captaining them too. Is he one day vice captain? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I believe so. Uh, or is Dave Carey? Warner one day vice captain? Gary? Oh, Dave Warner. Dave Warner's not coming back. I think uh, Carey he, he made a double turn just two weeks ago. You might be right again. It might be Carey. Yeah, I think it is. Mm. I know much shit about cricket, guys. You know, <laughs> pretty experienced <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> International list day vice captain he is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, though. But, uh, yeah, just to finish off with this, Tessa, uh, man of the match in news that really shocked CA because they thought Dave Warner was a shoe-in. Nathan Lyon was named man of the match for 11 <laughs> Good, Mick. And uh, it was good to see King Trav get those winning runs because it firmed up Australia and now... It firmed going... up Alex. That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. We're now going to the World Test Champo. So after Woo-hoo! the game, apparently all the players are doing this World Test Champo dance. Yeah, yep. so and then they're all grabbing each other by the shoulders and jumping up and down. That's it. Like in the yeah, yeah, that's basically, it. we either play India or Sri Lanka, depending on a heap of different shit oh, really? happening. So. Sri Lanka? Good. Yeah. That table, that World Test Championship yeah. table, I've got no fucking idea how to read it. It's sorted by percentage. Why? Mm. There's, and like someone on 300 points is uh, seven. Win win I know all this it's stuff is um, up the spout. It's not a run rate percentage, it's winning percentage. Yeah, that but way, 
Oh, okay. So it's not just. So it's, yeah. oh, okay. They should all play the same amount of fucking yeah. tests. Good, Good point, sure. Alex. But look at Australia's schedule here. For some reason, we're touring India and England in the same year. So there's nine overseas tests in one year. We'll be lucky to play nine overseas tests in the next three years. Yeah, but obviously the Ashes don't count in this cycle because that isn't it. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, next cycle. yeah, 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 true. But I'm just talking about like a calendar. I know yeah. it's in a different cycle, but yeah. Really well, that'd be good if we could win a lot of those because that boosts your percentage or your points or some shit, doesn't it? Back well, we'll anyway. man has gone before back-to-back World Test Champos. Yeah, or maybe we could go, no, where no man has gone before except previous Australian teams where you could draw two series in a row in England. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be good. We that'd could be, retain the Ashes twice without winning a series in England. A double retention. A double draw retention double. Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. That's yeah. a mini American double style. draw retention double dynasty then. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a retention draw dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we went three in a row. We'd go next time for the hat trick. Yeah. Hat trick retention draw champos. Yeah. A, a three peat retention, retention draw draws. Dynasty. Oh, what about if we did it again again? There'd be four people. What about that would be a, that would be a dynasty. What you want to talk about something else, Mick, or are we okay well, to well, if you guys want to stop talking fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so in in um in something that really worries me, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um staying with India, Ross wants to talk about some women's Premier League. Yes, so the women's Premier League started. And it was a, it's a five-team competition. Um, you might have known that a heap of Aussies went for some big moolah. Yep. And uh, I just wanted to point out uh, the highlight so far has been, to, for me, the incredibly high scoring. Um, the first game, 207 for five, was the total by the Mumbai Indians. And unfortunately, was, not only was it a high score, it was an incredibly large margin as the Gujarat Giants were bowled out for 64 so that was a winning margin no of 143 runs. Wow. Yes. Mm. So that's been going on. Plenty of Australians in action. Um, there's been a number of incredibly high scores, like um, this one from the other day, Delhi Capitals made 211 for four, Meg Lanning making 70 of 42 balls. So Yeah, I reckon um, um, Talia McGrath made a shitload in reply, but, no one else she really. did. She was not out ninety or fifty, but they were one one six nine for five off their twenty overs. So. Yeah, I caught the highlights in between the list A uh, Marsh Cup final at lunch yep. or tea or whatever the fuck they call it, and yeah, she was smashing them everywhere. Yeah, so that's really good. I wonder if there might be a sort of a flow on into the WBBL and how it's uh, maybe just a tweak here or there to if the WPL did some different things, maybe the WBBL will. Tweak as well. Anyway, there you go. The uh, other thing I had, Mick, it's a little bit off the uh, running order. It's um, what does that been, matter? Well, yeah, I know it's been <laughs> twelve months since Shane Warne passed away. It has, yeah. yeah. So if uh, is it now a good time to just go through some reflections of some Victorian players? Yeah, let's, we can do that. Oh, now. Right. Yeah. So they they had a long form article in Cricket Australia app about one of Shane Warne's. Shane Warne's return to cricket early 2001 after, I think it was a finger injury, one of his injury returns, and he played a few sort of -of run-of-the-mill games and then he turned it on against WA and they talked to a lot of the players involved about that game and also just about Warney in general. So I've got Matthew Mott, who's the coach of England white ball teams now, 
And then we got Clinton Peake, who is just a no-name bloke who played about half a dozen games for Victoria. So he's Matthew Mott. Yeah, Warney loved playing for Victoria. It was almost a novelty for him because he played so much for Australia that he never really got as many opportunities to play for the Vicks as he would have liked. Always felt like he loved being around the group. He was very close to Ian Harvey and Darren Berry and would come back and add plenty of energy. In those days, he was box office. There was a different buzz around the change rooms when he was there. I played half a dozen games with him and everyone was special. Whether it was Russell Crowe coming into our change rooms just after Gladiator because Warney was there, there was always something exciting going on. I remember one of the funnier times with him, we were struggling at the SCG against a very strong New South Wales team and he started playing Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down in the dressing room. He's up in his (laughs) undies going, come on, boys. He did have a lot of passion for Victoria. The classic Shane Warne That does stuff. sound 100% like Shane Warne. <laughs> a real fucking corny. Yep. <laughs> yep. Great. All right. This one's from Clinton Peak. Uh, my first little stint of playing first-class cricket coincided with me being as sick as I've been in my life. He got glandular fever, then chronic fatigue. Jesus. I was about 21, still living at home with my parents and struggling to do anything much at all. I'd finished up in the Geelong seconds. And Shane Warne actually rang me from India. My mum said, Clint, I can't quite make out who's on the phone. I think he said his name was Shane. He called me Angus, as in Angus Young from ACDC, because <laughs> when I first started, I was basically coming into training in school uniform. <laughs> He just checked in to see how I, was, how I was. He was a man's man, but he had that care, and it didn't really matter whether you were making runs or getting picked. If he liked you, he liked you, and he was interested in how you were getting on. I thought it was unbelievably impressive. Ah, what a guy. So that's yeah, Clinton Peak, And then the last one um, from Clinton Peak, uh, he had a second recollection. He said, I found Shane and Damien Fleming were excellent at making people feel welcome, but a few of the others really weren't. He's talking about Australian players coming back to the Vic team. Essentially, Warren would make people feel good, and the main thing with him was he was just everyone's mate. So after a day's play, if he was hungry and getting pizza, he'd order 12 of them because he wouldn't want anyone to miss out. He was inclusive. You were never outside the circle. If he was around, he'd cast such a big shadow that everyone was in it. So I thought with Shane around, rather than some of the Victorian setup giving the impression that they hoped you'd fail, it was a bit less toxic. So there you go. He loved pizza, as we know. And he didn't mind getting everyone a pizza. So good on him. Uh, it's probably a story for a different podcast, but that's pretty much in line with what everyone else says about the Victorian side of that era. They were just oh, all pricks, yeah. every single one of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, trying to white out everyone else, that sort That'll of thing. That'll have or... to be, uh, that's a bit of a um, sizzle for our podcast, David, where we talk about <laughs> such matters. That'll be good. Yeah. yeah, probably late 90s, good time slot for me. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> How did your vote count go, Mick? My vote count. <laughs> no, that, that, I, can, I can tell that story in local. That can be yeah, part of mixed right. music in local cricket. <laughs> mixed music. <laughs> um, so, so just people will hang on now to hear the local cricket. Yeah, by pancakes and go go. Pull up yeah. my group chat so I can. Because I was live, basically yeah, live uh, messaging. Uh, and it was I got it here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to move on. We're just going to talk a quick, uh, little bit of international cricket. Only a really quick little story here because it, it um, has two of the things that we like the most. That's um, someone from one of the smaller nations doing well and England fucking losing. So we're going to talk a little bit about the third ODI between Bangladesh and England. So it was Bangladesh all-rounder Shakib Al-Hassan who delivered with the bat and the ball as they beat England by 50 runs in the third ODI. So um, they and they denied England a clean sweep. Suck shit. 
Shakiba top score was 75 as Bangladesh posted to 246. Then he would take four for 35 as the 35-year-old Bangladeshi Oof. became the first Bangladesh player to take 300 ODI wickets. There you go. So well done to him and suck dicks, England. Could I you know uh, go, Paul? I was going to say, you know what I love about this podcast is that none of us give a fuck about ODI cricket until a so-called minnow beats England <laughs> or India or something like that. That's, and then yeah. our interest is really peaked by that. It's yeah. all ODI cricket's fucking good for. It is the yeah. one thing it's good for. <laughs> Movement in the that job, and T20 eyes, because sure. also you get a minnow fucking knocking off someone. Yeah. <laughs> the good I... thing was that um, there wasn't a dead rubber mick because there's still the ODI Super League points up for <laughs> <laughs> Never dead rubbers, Ross. Never. Dead rubbers. Dead the rubbers. cricket's still fucking oh. dying, though. Oh, that's <laughs> test cricket in particular. Oh, yeah. Um, can I just add, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to talk about it, Mick, but I think in between our podcast, it was also the last test in New Zealand between New Zealand and England. Yeah, well, I didn't have that down, so you can talk about it. All right. Uh, yeah. Just quickly, I've just got one point I want to talk about. England fucking lost because of Bazball. Fantastical. Uh, yep. No, I'm going to say it was because of Bazball, but whatever. Oh, actually, it probably was because they gave him enough time to get the runs to chase down the runs or to not you got anyway. They enforced the follow-up. Oh, they enforced the follow-up. That's right. Suck shit. So I think they're the only the only game in history where the team has declared in the first innings, enforced a follow-on, and lost. Uh, good. Yes. It's got to be. There's a first time for everything, mate. Someone's yeah. Gonna be, someone's going to be breaking records, and Brandon McCollum's doing. Well, it. they're meant to be broken. I hear. Uh, I heard that Brendan McCollum couldn't even remember the match referee's name after he went in. Yeah. the ziggy off him. Yeah, it was yeah. David Boone. the ziggy and said, mate, we're going to declare, and then walked off. He didn't he Daniel, his name. Yeah. Daniel Bond or something, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Cobbo, we're going to enforce the follow-up. <laughs> Deb, thanks for the ziggy. Thanks for the pow mal. Yeah, thanks for the dart. So the thing I had an issue with was England lost. And then every single fucking English player goes on and says, oh, geez, wasn't that just a great game for Test cricket? I think the spectators really won today. And, you know, acting like they didn't try to win the fucking game. And, like, yeah. you're not saying that shit when you win a game. You don't say, oh, that's, that was just, like, really great for the spectators. What a great tour and this is. And it's been. not accurate because, technically, New Zealand won. Not, not yeah. the spectators. New Zealand won. Yeah. But it's just, like, I, it's, I don't I know. I just don't Ben's... believe it. I think it's disingenuous i don't know wasn't ben stokes laughing at the presentation yeah i oh, look i don't mind like you're not too shocked by the loss or you don't get too down in the dumps i don't give a shit about that that's <laughs> what they're saying that they're sort of like oh we didn't actually try to win the game or we didn't yeah, care yeah. about winning the game or well they, i think they should have not cared because there's no world test champo points on the line from my understanding this was additional to the calendar was, i thought there ben was stokes no, is no dead playing cricket in his home country <laughs> <laughs> david I've just got two things um, to bring up about this test match. One, uh, an observation. One, a question to you, Roscoe. First observation was, because, um, you know, I've got my finger on the pulse of everything social media. It's kind of my thing being the youngest in this podcast. Um, a lot of the commentary around the, the the test was, you know, England may have lost, but, geez, the result isn't possible without them playing that sort of cricket. Rah, 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 rah. Fuck up, mate. They lost. All right. And... My question to you, Ross, is just want to get a sense on how you're feeling because you'd be quite conflicted. England <laughs> lost, so you'd be happy about that. 
but they enforce the follow-on and then lost, which means it won't happen again for another 10 years. And you're a big advocate for follow-on enforcement. So just wanted to get a gauge on where you're at currently. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy also because it just showed if you enforce the follow-on, you can't be shit. So all teams will know that now. It's not a failure, it's a learning opportunity. It's a learning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What were the learnings out of that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I win or I learn. Yeah. Don't be shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> win or learn, everyone's You know what they didn't do? <laughs> you know what England <laughs> didn't do after they'd forced a follow-on? Right. Bowling in partnerships. Uh, they just had yeah, one bowl of bowling and the other one just didn't give a shit. Off going solo. Yeah, yeah, singular bowling. We'll get you nowhere. Selfish Look, bowling. That's the sort of show that, bowling. You know how they show <laughs> show tapes of like, uh, you know, yeah, Raul Dravid and Vivius Blackson batting for a day and say yeah. never again. They'll show edited highlights of that dross that England so served up when they say <laughs> bowling partnerships, this is what happened when you don't, and they'll show yeah. you that day's play. Yeah. The whole Pathetic. day. You have to watch it all oh, yeah. Six to, and a half to understand hours. how they dross. did not bowl in well, partnerships. Well, it won't be 90 overs. It'll be 80 overs probably. Given the yeah, yeah. but still six and a half hours. Am I right? Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, pick, what's pick next? Um, <laughs> so next up, I've got you want to talk a little bit domestic cricket, Roscoe. Well, I do, yes. I've got a massive shield wrap-up, just like... Um, how many games? Oh, it's a dozen, <laughs> two dozen. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> and every single number on the scorecard will be read out, fans. Don't gonna, you worry gonna, about that. Every actually, number. Yeah, I'm going to focus actually on the Marsh Cup final, which has just concluded, Alex, would you believe? Yes. So Western Australia won the toss and elected to bat first, I assume, because they did bat first. Imagine if the Sackers had been. Anyway, (laughs) Josh Inglis was a stone made 138 of 110 balls. He got dropped on 26, an absolute soda out of the deep by Henry Hunt. So yep, off then, off Manetti. So that would have been dropped disappointing. by the skipper. Oh, damn, Even mm. more of a soda. Oh, Le- Mini Buff Lehman dropped him. Uh, God damn, Mini Buff And then Lehman. he was on about 120 and glove one behind and was caught and given not out. Yeah. So the second were really happy about that. And Cam Bancroft made 90 off, a very pedestrian 90 off 112 balls. Mitch Marsh, 56 off 30, and uh, Aaron Hardy, 23 off 9 at the end, two sixes. Even Ash Nago got in the act with bomb three sixes for his 26. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure this will be a record for a Mitch Marsh uh, one-day cup final. 387 for seven they made, going at seven and three-quarter runs per over. That's three-quarter. Fuck. Yes. And uh, there's a couple of um, good bowling figures, and then there's really shit one. Nathan McLewis Andrew, nine overs, none for 99. Just missed out on the magical oh, tongue. Stiff. Oh. Very stiff. You got to bowl um, a couple of wides in there, mate. Yeah, he got one wide. Got to bowl his what? full quota, where, surely. Where did he get his full quota? He's only going at 11s. What did he yeah. do for a tenth? Where's it's like, you yeah. either take him off yeah. after yeah, five overs or he South bowls ten. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Righty. So um, the old um, w, uh, South Australian made a good fist of it. They started off with um, an opening partnership of 84 off 12 overs, but then they fell away dramatically. Jake Hellman. Um, yeah, Henry Hunt, 50 off 55. He was Agar's first victim. Then Agar ripped through the middle order. He bowled Nathan McSweeney and Jake Lehman for single figures and then caught and bowled Manetti 
batting way too high at um, six. Jesus. Oh, yeah. God Oof, ugly. Man. Yuck. Caught and bowled over. Runs, but... Yeah, but too high. Um, <laughs> Ager <laughs> got that is correct, Mick, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so here's Ashton Ager's figures. 9.4 overs. No maidens, five for 64. So he's back. Back going at six yeah, and a half and over. Yeah. Never been gone in the white ball game. No, Andrew Suit and Ty. Did you see his hairstyle, Mick? Oh, Jesus Christ! I, not, no. I was oh. like, Peter Sid was playing for fucking WA. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What a middle aged blokes dying their hair blonde. Like, I get it when you're like 18 and dumb and stuff, but fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he is like thirty-eight or something, isn't he? Yeah, Andrew Ty's thirty-five or something. Yeah. Shit, isn't he's he that old? Age, he's nearly fucking yeah. on the pension. Fucking hell. Yeah, I'm retiring soon. It's it's all forms of work. Andrew Ty is thirty-six. My bad. There you go. Thirty-six. Yep. So Jesus. This, this season there was seven home and away games in the Marsh Cup, and WA won all seven of theirs, and they've. Then there's the final. No other finals, just the final, and they won that. So they won eight. Straight games with one day domestic list the day Invincibles. Mm, yes. That's apparently all the pubs in Perth will be putting up that Invincibles poster that's coming free in the West Australian tomorrow. So a lithograph. That's it. Player of the series was uh, Ryan Philippe for his 438 runs. The player <laughs> of the match was Josh Inglis for his 138, would you believe? Highest mm. score in a list day final, I believe. Do uh does this mean that English will be in all the white ball um squads for Australia now, seeing as he's dominated a final? Isn't he already in Oh, he should be. Oh, he's probably not yeah. playing. He's probably in the squads, you're right, Mick. Yeah. I think he's already in him as a backup keeper. You are correct, Mick, right. and I do care that you're correct, unlike Ross. <laughs> Okay, moving on to... He's a square. He's like a little box of arms and legs. (laughs) We good? Yeah, moving on to the Sheffield Shield now. Uh, We had a round of games just passed. Yeah, and um, the southern New South Wales town of Albury, Lavington, in fact, hosted a game. How did you see the ground there, Alex? Fucking massive. The ground, (laughs) I think... You know the ground that they played... um, in Pakistan, that they had the ropes in about 35 metres. Mm. It's uh, bigger than that ground, I reckon. Right. There was like full-blooded like cover drives and pull shots that would just wouldn't make it to the boundary because it was so big. Massive ground. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't help New South Wales. The highlight for them was Daniel Hughes doing his ACL as they made 203. <laughs> was it his ACL? It looked innocuous, but like, you know how some ACLs are like, they just put pressure on the knee and they're fucked. He could barely walk off the ground. I hear, actually, he strained a quadricep muscle. So there, go his, there goes his 35-year-old Australian dreams. Yeah. <laughs> All for 24 to our man, um, Matthew Perry, our friends. Yep. And then Vicks were held together. Matthew Short, he's in a red, red hot, red train of form, isn't he? Oh yeah. Get him to India, we'll fucking win the fucking yeah. we'll somehow win the series. We'll like double win the last test. <laughs> Hundred and four. <laughs> Old man Trent Copeland played his first game in twelve months, took three for sixty-three. New South Wales second innings. Obviously they went one short and they were all out for hundred and thirty. Chris Green, the spinner, was the top scorer with thirty-nine. Vicks, Mitch Perry again, four for thirty. So he's got eight for the match. Yep. 
And Matthew Short just tipped in two overs and two wickets. Good on him. Cool. So as Victoria needed three runs to win. And oh, Marcus Harris, they go? Yeah, Trav Dean oh. got him off two oh. overs. Yeah. Trav Dean scored one, I think, in the first dig. And we put up like fucking 400 and something. Good on him. No, 330. <laughs> one off 20. And then they need three runs to win. Surely you're trying to hit the first ball for four. Yeah, it took they took two point two overs to get the <laughs> three. Yeah, the other team played ball well, Ross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. respect the good uh, ones. Yeah. Oh, they please. were bowling in partnership. They had to wait for someone decided to not be in the partnership. That's what happened. <laughs> I can't believe it took them two point two overs. Fucking average up trying yeah, to start silly, mate. Oh, yeah, Trav Dean right. needs as much average as he can yeah. fucking no, get, right. Ross. Trav Dean can't afford to give away any fucking average. Yeah, no. Actually, he's betting quite selfish. He wanted another Shield Player of the Year. That's what he wanted. <laughs> he wanted the red ink on the run chase of three. We got all three of them, so well done. Oh, good on Wish him all the best. Hold his last ball in first-class cricket in this game, which was the last ball of the game. And just like Glenn McGrath got a wicket with his last ball in test cricket, so Trent Copeland got hit for the winning runs with his last ball <laughs> in field cricket. I the people most disappointed about that retirement were the selectors who were contemplating picking him for the Ashes after he put his hand up. But, yeah. I heard the people who were most disappointed about that were people who watch free-to-air television. Now they got to listen to him on Channel 7 forever. Um, actually, I think the people that were most disappointed by were the, were the opposition batsmen who don't get to face him anymore. <laughs> now, I take all of those ideas and I say, no, actually, he was most disappointed about it because he's, he's nigh on 38 years old, is the Victorian selected because they thought they could convince him to play on for one more season <laughs> Victoria to yeah, lead the yeah, attack. Yes. What a load of fucking horse shit that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't think in first class, Australian first class cricket, we often get farewell games, but I think that might have been a planned farewell game for Trent Copeland. Guard of honour too. He's the third highest wicket. spiritual home, so I can understand yeah, why they Yeah, yeah true. So they fucking love him up in Albury and Wodonga for that matter. <laughs> Main Street's named after him, yeah. Copeland Trent Terrace. Street. Trent Terrace. There you go. We've worked it out. Good workshopping, guys. And um, he's the third highest wicket taker for New South Wales of all time behind Greg Matthews and Jeff Lawson. I did say that. More than Stu McGill. Yes, that's impressive, isn't it? That's a surprising one because Stu did play a lot of sheer Creek. Yeah, sure did. Yep. Uh, We got uh, the other game that uh, was on was the Saka versus uh, Queensland. Now, that one's not as interesting. So I'll just let you know that Manetti made 88. Cut down Manetti. And then it was 90 to Jimmy Pearson who kept the Queensland on par with him. But here's a name to watch out. You've probably seen him already. Spencer Johnson, the new opening bowler for South Australia, took seven for 47. The biggest boy. Yeah, that's it. He's a massive unit. He bowled quite well early on in the innings um, today in the ODI, or sorry, mm. list A final. Uh, ended up getting carted towards the end like everyone else. But the ball was going everywhere, but they couldn't capitalise on him. But yeah, I had no idea who the fuck he was. I was like, who the fuck's this yeah. guy? Yeah. He looks like the oldest 12 year old going around. Mm. <laughs> he got a little bit of, um, who was that big, tall um, bowler for England? Billy Stanlake. No, he's a big Alan Mullally. Hello. Who, Hello. Can't, Hello. One of the, Hello. 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 Hello.
Sacker's second inning is shit. They bowled out for 111. That left Queensland the daunting <laughs> prospect of chasing down 94, and they made a hell of a mess of it, collapsing in a big hole of two for 21, but managed to just dig themselves out of it. Five for 96. Jimmy Pearson, five not out. On your gym. Uh, the wickets for Queenslanders, four for Nisa and four for Steckity. But uh, someone's done himself a mischief there because they've been a lot I've lost balls it. In I've fucking over. lost it too. Yeah, you'll want to know this. Queensland, 7.89 points. South Australia, 1.62. Match referee, of course, was Big Bob Parry. So, well uh, done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vessels was match referee for the List Day final. Uh, was he? Good on him. Yep. Yeah. Good job, boys. I, I, I didn't mention uh, the uh, other important information. Uh, the previous one, Vic 7.39, New South Wales, pathetic, 0.63. Didn't even oh. the team sheet correctly. Less than one. Is that a prime number? You get you get one for running onto the field at the correct time. So, jeez. <laughs> yeah. You're not Steve, coaching them, mate, Ross. Maybe they run low. Yeah. Steve Brute Bernard was the match referee. He used to be the Australian team scorer back yeah. in the day. Matty Short was the... Um, Matty Short was the player of the match for his ton. Well done, you. Right, Tassie WA down at the WACA ground in the lovely city of Perth in the state of Western Australia. This was an amazing game of cricket. Um, Brought back to earth by the fact it was played over four days. 179 for Tassie. That was shit. Best for um, WA bowling was um, Roland Roccicelli with four for 31. Good on him. Mitch Mars made a ton. Now, this was a disgrace. Uh, every Tasman should hang their head in shame. They've had a horrendous um, shield season post-BBL. Uh, the WACA team were in all sorts of shit. They were 9 for 223 when number 11, Charles Stobo, who I've never heard oh. of. Yes, Stobo, spelled S-T-O-B-O. The Stobo pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should go back to conducting electricity in South Australia, shouldn't we? Yeah, we anyway. should. Well, technically, they don't conduct the electricity. Oh, no, they no. hold the wires that do conduct the electricity. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Ross. Trans- Does he make any? Cha- transporting electricity. Yes. So, he Charles Stone. Conducting electricity. Uh, he, he faced 84 balls. They don't have a minute counter on these score sheets, which is um, a dereliction horse of duty. Shit. But anyway, yeah, horse shit. If cricket Don Breadman fucking turning uh, in his grave. Exactly. So he lasted 84 balls. He made 38 runs. And when he came to the crease, Mitch Marsh was on 11 and he went on to make 108. The pair of them put on 113 for the last wicket, which meant instead of being 50 ahead of the old Taswegians, they were 180 ahead of the Taswegians. So um, Jared Freeman, our man, our Shield Player of the Year, I reckon, nominee, he took four for 81. He's in a rich vein of wicket-taking form and pudding. Has second innings. Caleb Jewell made 121, but there were ducks to Tim Payne, who's back playing four-day cricket for Tassie. Yeah. He made a duck. Bo Webster made a duck. They fell away after that. 236 all out, which meant that um, Charles Stobo's four for 57 were well-placed. And WA needed 80 runs to win, and they knocked it off. Teague Willie with 20 not out. Yeah, he they didn't even get off. excited about that. Oh, you don't celebrate making uh, a 20. Did the postman celebrate delivering a fucking letter? No, they don't. Accountant celebrate delivering a tax return? No, he fucking doesn't. Just gets up with the job. <laughs> I think they made a big mistake here, Tassie, because 
Dude. Oh, that prick never makes a decent score. <laughs> Save here. <laughs> Fucking be happy. Come on. You're too young to act like that. They took 16 overs to chase down the 82, which is fair enough. It's five and over, as you should do with a small total. Get on with it. But they only gave Jared Freeman one over. So no, that's, that's a big mistake. Cardinal sin number two oh, of the night. Really? Player of the match. Guess who that is? Freeman. Charlie, no, Charlie Stobo. Oh. No, Stobes. Stobo pole. Stobo got a three for 28 and a four for, and that 38. And he Mitch Marsh made yeah. a ton and did not win it. And Caleb Jewell made 120. Is a Crick Info awarding yeah, this? Lost, so I can this is him, a Crick Info award. Mitch Marsh made a ton in the winning side. Like, yeah, yeah. But not if Charlie. Who are these votes? West Ivan, no fucking second 11? <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> oh, here we go. Bit of sizzle. He would not have made that ton if Charles Henry Stobo, born of Sydney, New South Wales, wasn't there helping him. So there you go. He's, he's a young 28 years old and he's played seven first class games. Oh, fucking hang go. it up, mate. You're fucking Ooh. done. <laughs> um, match referee kill. was Steve Davis. Western Australia, 8.34 points. Tasmania, pathetic, 0.9 points. They have had a South Australia like post BBL Shield era, uh, Shield session. Coincided with Tim. The main Pain. vein pain. <laughs> the main vein pain. Oh, it's Coming good. back into the side. Um, yeah. Cancer. He should, have, he should have drained the main vein. Anyway, off we go. That's it, Mick. Uh, all I've got to say about that is that there's nine games down for each team. Western Australia, unless there's some sort of calamity, will host the Shield final. They're that far in front. Queensland and Victoria are within a bee's dick of one another. They each have four wins, two losses, and three draws. Queensland, 39.09 points. Victoria, 38.73 points. Mm, so Vicks were above we Queensland. Did we play each other in the last round? No. Well? well, here's the last round for you. It starts on Tuesday, so it's a good one for those who are at work and like to watch cricket on a 3ND monitor. Yep. <laughs> um, I've lost the scorecards. No, here they are. Fixtures. <laughs> Uh, the bad news for Victoria, uh, well, the good we news for Victoria, WA. yes, there's the two bits <laughs> of bad news. We played WA in Perth. Yikes. Right? And Queensland. Queensland no, Queensland played Tassie, who were attacking ah. <laughs> even. It could only be better. New South Wales, nine shield matches, no wins, five losses, and oh. four draws. Oh, season from hell. You hate to see it, don't you? Goodness. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I wish they could do like four or five of them in a row, like South Australia yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> Only thing better than New South Wales being shit for a season is them being shit for five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Mick. All righty. Thank you, Roscoe. So um, from there, we're going to talk a little bit of local cricket. So um, I've got, got a story to tell the local cricket. So this mm-hmm. is going to be my whole Saturday. This is quite the experience. This pretty much sums up being part of a local cricket club right from the start. All right. <laughs> so we are, I played in the second 11, so again, for West, for West Ivano. We are current, at the time of this story, we were currently in the second half of our final game of the year trying to get into finals. So heading into this round, we were fourth on the ladder, um, three points ahead of fifth. Um, and... Seventh, because there's nine teams. Seventh couldn't get into final. No, sixth couldn't get into final. Right. So to put it in perspective, so we're fourth. We were playing ninth, who were on the bottom of the ladder. Fifth, we're playing eighth, who were second last. 
and sixth were playing seventh, who were third last. Now, the bottom three teams are all had pretty ordinary years. So we go into it thinking all we've got to do is win, we'll stay ahead of fifth, and we'll stay ahead of sixth. So the second last team, eighth, which is Edinburgh, forfeited to the team that was fifth. Oh. They get six, six points. Uh-huh. And as we know, when you get a fourth, you get a maximum points for the round. Oh, no. The team who was sixth outrighted the team who was seventh, which oh. gave the team who was fifth ten points, which made up the three points that were behind us oh. and passed the six points we got for our win and gave them ten points and made up the nine points we were ahead of them and we missed out on finals by a point. Oh, oh. <laughs> our fucking good cricket, eh? Uh, Jesus, but, that um, forfeit rule seems a bit. You know, well, there's always issues with forfeits. Oh, way, like forfeit rules been yeah. like that for years. But the yeah. the worst thing was too is the pessimist I am looked at it like from about three weeks out and went, "Oh, if this this and this happens, yeah, but if we get to this last round and this team forfeits and rah, we might get fucked over." And someone's like, "Oh, that's not gonna fucking happen." <laughs> <laughs> then they then they started going. It's your fault because you thought of it. No, no, it's fucking <laughs> fucking pessimist. It's not my fault. It happened. It's fucking yeah, cosmic it's, powers, Mick. It's Edinburgh's fault. The fucking cowards forfeiting last game. You fucking shit. Edinburgh forfeiting. That's good to see. Always hated him. Yep, me too. So then from there we go on. So that night we also had our vote count. So we get to the vote count. So we, I get back. We were playing away in Mount Waverley. So I get back to Ivanhoe. Yes, About two hours later. I, I have a question, and maybe you'll allude to it later. Just let me know. Um, when did the, the club get notified of the vote count happening? Um, it was about two weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. No problem. So it was Just on a Saturday night, which is unusual, because someone had not put the vote count into the calendar, so the Sunday the cricket club got booked out. So... <laughs> That's just you know. That's just how things work in, in, our, in our at our career club. Ah, oh, so, that's a good start. That's fucking great. So I get a message. double bookings. The fucking yeah. bane of a local cricket club. So I get a message. Um, the Saturday, the Friday before the um vote count, saying, "Hey Mick, can you bring your laptop to the club?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay, no worries," because the chap running the vote count didn't have a laptop, so that's fine. So I brought my laptop with me. Um, so I bring my laptop I get back so we've gotten back after our game we knocked off at like 3 o'clock because oh, this is the, even more fun to add to our story so we rolled aside for 80 we beat them by 200 runs and missed finals by a point Fuck. we had them at one stage 5 for 20 and 2 pricks dug in and we couldn't fucking roll them quick enough to try and outride them ourselves uh... so, but yeah so anyway so we get back so yeah, we get back from Mount Waverley back to West Ivan and we're sitting around and everyone's sitting there and life's good and then we go and we have, I go have a shower and I get in. So we like to wear costumes to our vote count. Unfortunately, this time around, because it was done the Saturday night, blokes were there after cricket. No one bought their costumes. So I was one of four blokes, I think. In <laughs> so it just makes it even better. But um, but anyway, so the guy running the vote count, uh, Dino, brings me his external hard drive and goes, here you go, Nats, it's got everything on it. Okay, no worries. Plug it into my laptop. Won't read it. So Dino plays around for a bit. I play around for a bit. We'll not read it. We'll not fucking read it. So we end up doing... The, so normally we do a PowerPoint on the TV. So we end up doing... The third 11 just is... Dino has somehow, from his phone and his emails and that, gotten all the votes and written them down on a notepad and was oh, reading them God. out off the notepad. This took... Because it was taking so long to get the laptop sorted out, we were running about an hour and a half behind. 
the third 11 <laughs> skipper cracked him because I in, and understandably so because he's meant to beat his niece's 21st. <laughs> so he fucking stormed out before we even started. The <laughs> and he ended up winning. <laughs> oh, so once oh. we get through the once we get through the whole schmozzle, that's the third eleven. <sighs> um, I go to Dino. I go. Are they at home on your computer? And he goes, yeah. I go, okay, well, I can hotspot my phone. So if you email them to me, which is what we should have done from the start in hindsight, if you email them to me, I can open them up on my laptop and we can sort it out. He goes, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So we jump in my car. He lives literally fucking, fucking two blocks from the ground. But So we jump in my car. I drive him home, drop him off, go do a U-bolt and come back and park in front of his house. When I pull up and park in front of his house, he's still outside the front door. And I'm like... And I'm watching him, I'm watching him, and he's banging on the door, and he's ringing the doorbell, and he's fucking using the knocker and all this stuff, and nothing's happening. No lights are coming on, nothing's going on. So we're like, okay, so Dino doesn't have a key. To his own house. Yeah, that, yeah. At, okay. At, on him anyway, didn't have a key on him. So his <laughs> mum was meant to be home, but she appears not to be home. So he's bang waving, and I'm like, I'm messaging you guys as this is happening. <laughs> running, running thing going on. Then next thing you know, I look up and he's gone. And I'm like, oh, fuck, where'd he go? So he went around the back of the house. His mum was home. She was in the back of the house doing something. Couldn't hear him. So he's gone around the back door, coming through the back door. Give her the fucking fright of her life. (laughs) (laughs) Gone in to his rooms, emailed me the stuff, jumped in the car. We get back to the cricket club, load it up, load everything up. Rest of the night goes like as smooth as it can go. Okay. But it's just like... Uh... Classic Anyone stuff. who's been involved in our cricket club, that's just oh, our fucking nutshell, that is. Yep. It's got all the elements. The double booking for me is just... <laughs> wow, <that's laughs> yeah. Nothing would have gone wrong if it wasn't double booked. That's West Dominant to an absolute yep. fee is what that is. <laughs> yep. The third eleven skipper would still be there because it wouldn't be his niece's 21st because it would have been on fucking Sunday. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, just a local cricket for me, Michael. Yeah. Uh, the game I was coaching on Saturday morning had some penalty runs. Ball hit the helmet behind oh, the keeper. Uh, you don't see that often, so you I thought I'd better do that. You don't see that often at all. What's the signal for that? Uh, they just do the old five, yeah. Oh, like the, whole, the hand up five runs, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. And also, I heard something very unusual from your game of cricket, David, was that the 50 overs were bowled in three hours. So that's cool. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. It hasn't happened all year. <laughs> Good on um, everyone. So so now we've got a bit of local cricket that we'll run through quickly and then we'll uh, wind this up, I think. So um, first off, we'll start off with the Port Arlington Cricket Club, where congratulations to Port Arlington all-rounder, apparently, because he bats like five now. Alex Mann, who took out the vote count for the Port Arlington first 11. So well done, Alex. Well Thank done, you. Al. All Thank those nuggety fourteens paid off, mate. Good job. <laughs> That's what opposition skippers love is <laughs> nuggety fourteens. Match losing innings. Fourteen of seventy five. They won, so I'll give that one two votes. There you go. <laughs> oh, so you guys do the old oppo skipper voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like we're Simon or where someone wins with like a hundred votes or whatever. Yeah. I think I won with like fourteen or something like that. Yeah. It's a good way to do it because then you don't have kids just fighting for each other and fucking the whole system. Yeah, and it's much easier to do from an administration administrative yeah, purpose. And like we all know that. there's too much fucking admin in local cricket, so the too much less of the better. About. Yeah. What Fuck they off. should do is, uh, I reckon, you can just give out one vote. That would cut yeah, down yeah. the admin even more. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, uh, maybe not. <laughs> and just give him a score out of 10. One player's <laughs> 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 I don't think you're helping, Ross. Imagine no, explaining it? that. To them. You're just voting for one player. Oh, okay, so, yep, um, Alex Mann. No, 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 but you have to give him a ranking out of 10. Well, 10. He was the best out of the side. Is that called the Duckworth-Lewis best and fairest system, Ross? <laughs> it is indeed oh, really good if half your season's washed out. <laughs> yep, which ours was. All righty, so... Uh... That's why you won, Gin. Yeah, most probably. It was like a lot of like the people, you know, the skipper would be reading out the three, two, one votes, and then it's like, wash out, wash out, wash out, wash out. Oh, we finally got one here. In our second 11, we didn't play the first five games between forfeits and heat offs and washouts. Yeah. Um, alrighty, so we'll, get, we'll touch on some local stuff that happened around the traps. So we'll start with the Emerald Cricket Club, where Amith Aranda made 307 not out. Fucking hell. And then, not to be outdone, took 5 for 35 as well. So, <laughs> uh, Fucking hell. That's how you get two trophies at Prezzo night. Fucking Jesus. Fucking hell. So, uh, next up, we've got Emily um, Emily McKnight of the Ballarat Women's Cricket Club. She made 97 red and took 4 for 18. So that's pretty good going. Uh, then we move over to uh, the City Colts under-14s who are in, Wanga- in the Wangaratta Cricket Comp. Uh, we've got Connor Orman took six for none off three overs, which included a double hat-trick for those playing at home. <laughs> that's four wickets in a row. So, uh, so the jabs. City Colts Cricket Club, the CCCC. CCC. So we got uh, lastly, we've got Megan O'Brien, also from the Ballarat Women's Cricket Club. They must win the flag. The fucking, they seem to be on here a lot. Uh, she took seven for ten, which is not fucking too bad as well. So good on her. Um, also, we've got a shout-out to one of our loyal listeners who um, asked to, to have his season recognised on the, on the show. <laughs> yep. So well done to Henry Hatswell of the Port Arlington Cricket Club. He played his first full season of uh, senior cricket this year. So well done him. He played a mix of... Um, one day, a little bit in the one-day comp and some B-grade games as well. Um, including his under-15s, he made almost 500 runs for the year at 41, so not bad going. So he averaged 55 in the under-15s, but um, he made, a, he made a, a half century as well in the senior cricket, so well done, Henry. Also took a few polls, took 18 for the year with best figures, three for 23 in B-grade, so well done. So well done, Henry. We hear you listen to the show, so I hope you like swearing. But, um, but yeah, well done. Yes, Alex. So uh, that's at the Port Arlington Cricket Club he plays. Henry's 13, um, and I did get corrected by his old man because I've been calling him Harry all year. So that's really fucking embarrassing. So that was good by me. Got corrected at the, at the vote count night. Um, but really I do remember. To the kids. We call them whatever name we want, but apart from that, yeah. we really like to have the kids around us. <laughs> Henry is an unbelievable cricketer for a 13-year-old. I'll just put it. That like he's very talented and will play at a very high level, I think, in the future. So yeah, good on him. Yeah, I just on. noticed, Mick, that in the Ballerine Peninsula Cricket Association, there's B1 grade and B2 grade. Yes, yep. a B1 grade known colloquially as banana grade and B2 grade <laughs> known as pajama grade. <laughs> I also noticed that there's D grade, which we know is fight grade. But they seem to be lacking a C grade. And I was like, how can you run a competition without a C grade? Because everyone knows that C grade is crunch grade. So, yes. I think there is a C grade. There is. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But our C grade team got promoted to B1. 
Ah, yes, the old, we can't have A, B, C, D, F, G. We'll have A, B, 1, B, 2, D, C, C, 1, C, 2, D. Someone's a B grade club, not an A2 club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a historical thing for the BPCA. They only had one A grade, which had too many teams to play each other twice. 16 teams. And so they had a change, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. I like the Eastern that has 37 grades, but anyway. I love that cricket competition. It's so massive. I had a bloke on Saturday, actually. We rocked up there. And he goes, oh, you know, you're in the Eastern. Yeah, yeah, where'd you come from? Oh, this grade and that grade. Oh, why'd you come to the Eastern? It's the fucking worst. I'm like, hey, <laughs> the cricket we've been playing in the North Metro over the last three years, this fucking place is fantastic. Like, if you think it's <laughs> shit, come and fucking play over there, you ca- cabbages. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good they got it. Yeah. The Jica or NMCA. Um, all righty, do we have any listener feedback? Uh, other than um, Henry's father um, did state to me that he really loved our last episode. And I went, are you sure? Because I think it was one of our worst ones. And he goes, oh, I love it when you guys just talk more shit than cricket. And, oh, okay. But, well, interesting oh, well, to we've see what he thinks. box of. again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you listen to Dave, there's an old kennel to go back through if you want to hear us talking shit. <laughs> Some really good shit talking ones mid season, probably. Oh, yeah, the ones in four like, or five years somewhere. ago. But, yeah, the one where yeah. we're in pubs and there's not much cricket going on. They're yeah. fucking, there's a lot the of ones when, on when the IPL are on, so there's not much cricket. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> April, May, every I'll year. I start making up parody songs when that shit happens. So, <laughs> hey, true. Hey, Shane. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, so it's always a dead yeah. time after the excitement of reading out shield scorecards for six <laughs> months, and then it's just nothing. Oh, it's hard, hard. That's, every that's number hard, of every scorecard. Uh, uh, it's the hardest time to be a podcast straight after the, when the cricket season finishes. Play the world's <laughs> smallest violin for us. Yeah. Yeah. We're a 24-7 podcast, but there's only cricket for six months of the year in Australia. So, yeah, Whew. imagine being us. Wow. Oh, no, we have to start doing a mid-year cricket oh. competition. I'll have to start giving out, giving out some more stubby holders to get to drum up some interest. That's it. Oh, yeah. We making money off those yet, Paul? Uh, no broke even, I think. Yeah. Oh, broke. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like good. West Ivanhoe, continuously yeah, breaking even. Break even. <laughs> Every year. I think it's now the appropriate time, Mick, to foreshadow our big live show coming up. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> to be held at the uh, Forum Theatre in Melbourne, um, yeah, I think, on the 22nd yeah. of July. Yeah. Yeah, well, what the only issue is, I tried to book it in for next week, but there's something called the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That forum was already booked. And we've so been there for that for years. So. Yeah, I, think, oh. I think it's going to be October 61st will be the last ride. So <laughs> get in early. Yeah, buy your tickets. They're on um, Grinder and Meatstack. I just I did. I just to let you know. I know this is sort of a bit behind baseball stuff, guys. But I gave Rod Laver a call, asked him if I could use his stadium for the for the night. Uh, hasn't returned my call. I just went straight to voicemail. Are you starting uh, you're a Rod Laver? I rang Mac- Margaret Court and she said, "You're not a fucking lesbian, are you?" And I said, "No." <laughs> you're going to have to start a Rod Laver diary, Alex. Just to, uh, lick your pen on the paper, David Letterman style. Still haven't heard from Rod. Happen on the table. Uh, day seven. No word from Rocket today. <laughs> uh, all righty. I think that will about wind us up here for this. So uh, thank you. Thanks, Mark. 
Um, yep. Any, Why any now? Why not 20 minutes thoughts? ago? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty. Peter Powder, let's get at it. See you later. There you will. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>